Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, David Farmer. Hey, everybody. This is David Farmer. I want to thank you for tuning in to another Executive Minds Podcast. I'm excited today to be with my good friend, Shane Benson. We're hey, David. Connect- How are you doing, Shane? Doing well. We are connecting via Zoom right now uh, and recording this via Zoom. And today uh, we've got a topic that I think is something that uh, we all probably are wrestling with right now. It's how do we stay connected to the people that matter? Uh, Right now we are still uh, sort of in lockdown mode. We started to open up elements of uh, the economy in the midst of this pandemic, but we don't have freedom to go everywhere. For Shane and I, we both work at Chick-fil-A and our campus is still closed. So all of our interaction is pretty much done uh, online. It's virtual. And we're finding that creates a whole host of issues as it relates to connection. And that's kind of what we want to dive in today. But before we do that, I'm going to lean on Shane a lot because I think Shane's role, we can learn a lot from as it relates to this topic. Uh, Shane leads a really large team. How many folks would you guess just ballpark a part of your team, Shane? I'd say around 90. Okay. Yeah, and then that team of 90 is working to support Chick-fil-A operators across the country. I don't know, 1,800-ish operators, Shane, about right? Yeah, close to it. Yeah, around 1,800. And uh, those folks typically travel a lot all over the country. And historically, we get face-to-face with our restaurant operators. We visit them in their in their restaurants to try to understand uh, what their world looks like and just make it very personal. And we're not doing that right now. We have suspended a business travel for a season that'll change at some point, but right now it's kind of off the table and that's just flipping Shane's world upside down a little bit. And if you know, Shane, Shane thrives on interacting with people. So Shane, how are you doing in the midst of all this, by the way? I, you know, we're all having to to deal with this for sure. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I typically would probably be called an extrovert, but, you know, I have uh, introverted tendencies as well. And for those of you that are introverts, even, quite honestly, I think this is a challenge for introverts and extroverts, because I do believe we were made and designed to be in connection with other people. Um, and whether that's one-on-one or in groups, the circumstances of this experience called COVID-19 has definitely created some real challenges. But what's been interesting is it's also created some incredible opportunities. And it's one of the things that I think David and I, uh, I know we want to talk about because in the midst of this, yes, there have been some serious challenges and I'm, I'm feeling that I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get out of the house. You know, it's like, I've got to find a different place and I'm finding myself uh, yearning to connect with two or three individuals at a minimum. Um, but in the midst of that, we're also learning a tremendous amount about how technology can kind of shape or reshape what connection looks like in the future. So David, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think we're going to learn a lot uh, together and, and I'm hopeful that uh, some folks will comment on this because there's some great best practices going out there for sure. 
That's right. We're all just trying to learn together. So we certainly welcome that. In fact, I'll just say a quick plug. If you've not checked out the Mentor Network, you can go to Mighty Networks. It is part of the Mighty Network platform, but we are mentor, M-N-T-R dot C-O. We'd love for you to join there because that is that is another uh, way in which we share ideas and thoughts with one another. So a number of you are part of it and we get to dialogue on a regular basis. And that's a way you can tell us what you're experiencing and what you're being challenged by right now. Shane, I want to kind of crank this up by asking you just a fundamental question. Uh, why does connection matter so much in the first place? Well, I mean, I think there's a variety of answers to that, but uh, kind of going back to, I, I think fundamentally, uh, we were created uh, for connection. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, you enjoy that a little bit more one-to-one or in groups, I think connection is is fundamental to how we work and play and live. And so, you know, in the spirit of that, it's fascinating. If you would have asked this question, and if we would have asked this question, you know, two months ago, our answer may have been a little different. But in light of COVID-19 and everything we've had to go through with um, stay at home and being secured in, in our safety, it, it really has changed, I think, the answer potentially to this question or maybe given us a different perspective to this question. And so why does connection matter so much? Because it's fundamental to how we work, live, and play. And so not having it makes you realize how important it, it is. And so when I think about business specifically, I think we underestimate the power of uh, brief interactions, catching up with each other, keeping in tune with maybe what we did this past weekend, how the kid, you know, if you have kids, how they're doing, how's life. Those are tidbits of information that make connection uh, more relevant to each other. And specifically to business, you know, in at least in our world, we get a lot done walking down the hallway, bumping into people. And, and mm-hmm. I would imagine in your world, if you're in an open space where, let's say, for example, uh, you're working, you're in programming and you have a challenge and the person is literally about four seats down from you. It's kind of refreshing to be able to just lean back, look at the individual, make some eye contact and, and give them a hand signal like, I've got a question. Do you have a second? And then you can interact immediately. We don't have that ability as much anymore. But what we're learning is there are some technology tools out there that allow us to do a little bit of that, but it is different for sure. But that's why I think connection matters because I think it's how we work, live, and play, and we're missing a little bit of that right now. David, how about you? Well, I'm finding that there are some people that I connect with a lot, and in a sense, it's a little bit easier. We don't always have to physically be in the same location at the same time. We can use some of these tools you've referenced, and we'll we'll come back to that in a moment. So connection can be easier, but I find I'm connecting with fewer people. Mm -hmm. And to your point about you don't bump into the people walking down the hall, there, there are a lot of casual interactions that I'm missing. I don't think I'm adding people to my connection group uh, you know, you don't have the opportunity to to just meet new people. Um, so in a sense, I feel like my circles are getting smaller. And I don't know that that's healthy over the long term. So I'm a little, I, I'm clearly worried about that. 
Yeah, I think that's a good observation. You know, I definitely think within my own leadership team and peers, pretty connected. Uh, maybe more so than I was prior to COVID-19, actually, right. uh, just because of the daily interactions and phone calls and, and Zoom or Blue Jeans meetings, what have you. But the group outside of that, if you if you go out one or two more circles, I have to say I haven't talked to some of those folks uh, that are on the team near as much or as, as frequently, for sure. And we've had some large group virtual meetings. We've even talked about some of that. Kevin and I did a podcast on how you use some of the virtual tools. You know, we've had them um, where we've had anywhere from, you know, 50 people on a call to a couple of hundred people on a call, even to a couple of thousand people on a call. But the reality is you're only seeing names on a screen or sometimes you see nine faces, you know, or a limited number of faces at a time. So I, I, I like to talk about how you read a room if you're actually in the room, you can kind of feel the vibe. It's more challenging to read a room when you're on a Zoom call uh, than it would be if you're physically present with one another. Most definitely. And now I will say, I mean, selfishly, we used to work really hard just to do this podcast. And here was why, because we always felt like we had to be in person to do it. And what we've realized is by leveraging technology, we can actually stay more connected, even as friends, more so than maybe we were even doing in the past. Now, it's not as you can't give the bear hug, you can't kind of go out and do something together, catch a bite to eat or what have you. But being able to see you, David, on screen and interact on a more regular basis, even in doing these podcasts, has actually been pretty cool. No question. We've had to skill up a little bit, but it has made it easier uh, for us to get it on the calendar. So one of the things Shane and I want to do in this conversation, we want to share three kind of larger principles with you that may help you as you're working to stay connected. And then we'll just kind of break it down and get into some tactical ideas as well. But Shane, I may ask you to introduce uh, the first principle for this conversation. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think the first principle is what we would say, stay engaged. So the first principle is stay engaged. And, and what do we mean by that? Well, in light of this challenge that we're going through right now about connection, it's really important in the season that we're in and probably will remain in to some degree moving forward when you're leveraging technology. So let's use things like Skype or Zoom or Blue Jeans. When you're leveraging technology, it's super important in order to maintain that connection, you need to stay engaged. And let me give you some uh, real examples of that. And probably some of these you've either caught yourself doing or you've had to be intentional about not doing. But let me give you an example. Whenever we have a meeting, I would ask for everybody on the call to be on camera. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, I don't, I don't know, I feel this way sometimes. Sometimes I just want to audio talk, you know, I just want to be on the phone, but I don't want the camera on because that way I can do some other things while I, like I can roam around the house, I can get some stuff done and I can be listening in, but everybody thinks that I'm participating when really I'm not, I'm not fully engaged. And in order to be fully engaged, I think little things like just making sure the camera is right on you, you know, thinking about minimizing distractions, you know, close your email, uh, close your chat function. Uh, think about this meeting as you're one-on-one -on -one across the table from somebody and you're having a conversation. If you were in a meeting setting like that, 
you would probably be a little bit more intentional about trying to not engage in some things that might distract you during that conversation. Now, that being said, we all get distracted, but I think it can be really helpful if you're trying to really enhance connection. I think this idea of staying engaged uh, by minimizing distractions can be really helpful. The other thing I would tell you to do is just take notes. It can really help you during conversations. And David, you're really good at this. Anytime we get together, you are intentional about taking notes, or at least I think you're taking notes. You may be checking email. (laughs) I'm kidding. I know you're taking notes. And and that's always helpful because it shows you um, that that individual staying engaged and it strengthens the connection. So you just got to be a little bit more intentional, a little bit more of the time when you're leveraging technology to strengthen that connection. You've got to stay engaged. And there's some really cool tips to be able to do that. And we've shared a couple of those and I'm sure you've got more, but I think eliminating distractions can be a big one. I will say this, Shane, one of the reasons I think we stay engaged is just to make sure everybody's doing okay. And I got, I had that privilege about two weeks ago to be part of a metropolitan Atlanta chamber of commerce call. Businesses across the city were coming together to talk about, Hey, what are you experiencing relative to uh, your campuses and your businesses? And uh, one of the folks on the call, there were several executives from Cushman and Wakefield, and they have all kinds of real estate. They, they have office towers, and they had done a lot of research, and they shared that surprisingly, some of the folks struggling the most during this period were young people. And you think, wow, I, they're more apt to be early ad- adopters of technology, so it's surprising. And that part is true. However, they're also more uh, likely to live by themselves or in smaller spaces. And so they were really clamoring to get kind of out. They're they starting to feel the walls close in mm. on them a little bit or feel really isolated. And so they were craving connection, uh, arguably more than the families who were all holed up together. They had some connection. They, they wanted to get out of the house for different reasons because they were about to drive. You know, they didn't have school going on and it was it was stressful in a different way. But it was a surprising reminder how it's not always the folks you think that need it, that Mm. crave the engagement. And so it's, to your point earlier about we were made for a connection, it's just healthy. And so I would say this as we wrap up this first principle, if you're a leader, take inventory of the people you lead, who runs the risk of getting a bit isolated, and you need to uh, work to make sure they're staying engaged and in healthy relationship. Well, with, and it with starts with you as the leader, right? So yep. if you can exemplify that, and oftentimes the leaders maybe have the longest action item list and the things to do. And so it's very easy for us as leaders uh, to be disengaged um, and not do it intentionally. But I think it's it's with that intention that we need to stay engaged. So uh, let's jump to the next principle. But first and foremost, stay engaged. Yep. And I'll take the second one, Shane, kick it off. Uh, the idea that we need to establish circles and rhythms. And let me explain what we mean by that. I, I've been thinking lately in terms of three concentric circles and almost like a target. And those in the center uh, circle, the the smallest circle, those are the people that I'm closest to. So think some of your uh, most immediate family members, the people that you work with that 
are on your core team together, the people that you just need to connect with the most. That is probably happening because it has to happen for you to function. There's then a next tier out. Um, those are the people that you don't see all the time, but you're um, likely to have some sort of regular interaction with. Then you've got a third tier. Those are the folks that you probably have to work to connect with. You don't need to talk to them as much, but you do need to stay connected with them. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to worry a little bit more about those folks that are out in that third tier. So those are the circles, and you can define those any way you want to. And it, I think it applies both to your personal life as well as your professional life. And then I, I, we talk about circles and rhythms. The rhythms are, so how often do I need to connect with the people in each of those circles? It's not going to be the same for everybody even in the same tier, but people in that inner circle – it could be daily. In some cases, it may be multiple times a day you're having to connect, depending upon what you're wrestling with. People that are in that outer tier, uh, you know, maybe it's once a month or something. But don't don't lose the relationship. Don't let it go altogether. So you might want to just give a little bit of thought to defining uh, what that rhythm looks like. Well, too, David, just to kind of build on that, I think what could be helpful is take a second and draw your three circles and it may be three, it may be four, um, but but list out who and who fits in each one of those circles. And then what I hear you saying is, what's the rhythm for connection with each one of those circles? Yep. So if you think about that inner circle, and let's just go to a work example. For me, that's my my leadership team or my work group. Yep. Um, and I'm going to meet with them. My rhythm for them is every day for a minimum of 30 minutes. We're going to meet and spend yep. time together a minimum of 30 minutes. When I think about that next circle, that may be another leadership group uh, that I'm not meeting with on a regular, but I may be meeting with them. My rhythm may be once a week. And you think about that third or fourth circle, it may be, to your point, once a month. And then I think the question you got to ask is, how are you leveraging technology or other formats to do that? Yep. What does that look like? And as we think about some of those opportunities, I mean, think it ever, think about all the options that are at your disposal, chat, Instagram, Microsoft Teams, email, Zoom, Slack. And, and don't forget, eventually we're going to get back to one-on-one, but there's also this thing called the phone. You know, yep. you pick up the phone and call somebody. So as you think about those circles, and you think about the rhythms or the number of connection points, also be thinking about the platforms that you can use to leverage that. I got to tell you a really quick, funny story. You talk about the phone, you know, there's FaceTime. So I, I first thing I did was I was trying to show my parents, hey, here's how FaceTime works, because they're sort of isolated. It's, it's, let's just don't talk. Let's see each other. And then, I, you know, you've got these little I, I, don't, I like to wear the uh, uh, giraffe head on FaceTime. You've seen that, Shane. Oh, yeah. I have. <laughs> and so my mom got a new phone and she goes, David, you've got to tell me how to put the the giraffe head on. So <laughs> She's ready to show that She's off ready. to all her friends. I love it. I love Absolutely. It. So, yeah, to your point about um, using the technology, you almost let me let me go to the third tier, the people that that I worry a little bit about losing uh, connection with what is going to replace the break room or the water cooler, you know, uh, great, great question. Great so you, we almost need to figure out how do we establish some sort of casual virtual water cooler where we can, uh, we can use these tools to stay connected to folks. Yeah. This sounds pretty geeky admittedly, but Shane, I actually, when I kind of work on my plan each day, 
I make a list of some of the people I know I need to kind of reach out to. And I have sort of a, to your point about three circles, four circles, it doesn't matter. Whatever exercise serves you best. But I kind of look to the broader list and then pull into the day. Who do I want to try to connect with today? That's a great principle. And I think it fits really well. What I hear you saying there is look at each one of those circles and then identify who in those circles do you need to connect with and build some rhythm around that. And for you, that's a daily look at maybe those that are on the outer circle and who can you connect with uh, to kind of bring them in to, again, going back to our main point, to maintain that connection that you would have had at the water cooler or in the break room, but you don't have that at your disposal right now. So what kind of platform are you using to do just that? Yep. So we've talked staying engaged, principle one, establishing both circles and rhythms, principle two. And then I think this third principle, which I'm going to have you tee up, may even help us as we as we approach uh, circles and rhythms. So share principle three with us. So principle three, and you've probably heard this phrase, less is more. I might just change uh, the middle part of that to less and more. And here's what I mean by that. I think we're in a season where with technology, we can talk more often, less time. You know, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you the one refreshing thing that has been awesome kind of being at home was the elimination of the hour or two hour long meeting in person. And it felt like it was only productive for about 45 minutes of the time. I don't, I feel like that um, Zoom calls, blue jeans, what have you, have been a lot more productive. And part of it is, you know, there's that little delay in time. You kind of have to know what you're going to say, and then you have to know when you're going to pause because you got to give other people a chance to talk. And you've probably seen some of the awkwardness in, in uh, definitely virtual communication. But that actually creates these opportunities for us to stay focused and on task and with agendas. And that actually creates the opportunity to do to create these meetings in less amount of time, but potentially more often. And here's let me give you an example. So early on with the team that I work the closest with, they're kind of in my inner circle. Um, we were meeting about once a week, and typically that meeting was about a couple hours long. And we do some join up, and then we dive into some topics around the business. We called it a tactical meeting. What we've transitioned to are 30-minute tactical meetings every single day. Now, here's yep. what that, that does. We get on the phone, and very quickly, it's like, hey, did you did you say you said you were driving to the lake last night? Did you get there, and did you do what you said you were going to do, and how's the weather? And you get through all that stuff within the first five minutes as people are joining the call. But then you find yourself kind of diving in very quick bullet points, 25 minutes, we've knocked out a meeting and we're doing those more often with less time. So even when you think about the outer circle, um, how can you do quicker hits and more frequently? Because in the season that we're in, again, kind of going back to your earlier analogy, we've lost the water cooler. So you have to create some of those moments with every one of your circles. And so this idea of less and more I think could be one that could help you as you long to create better and stronger connections kind of in the season that we're currently in. I love it. In fact, um, it's a subject of another conversation, but one of the things I've started to teach is in your communication toolkit, 
sometimes you need the long form version of a story or an answer, but you definitely also need the really tight, almost call it bluff, B-L-U-F, bottom line up front version of your story. Cause that, that plays into less and more. You give the really short version, you're, it's very efficient, it's tight, and you can come back and connect more often. Well, look, you know, to build on that, David, I think that's, a, that's an interesting bullet to this, uh, this big idea here of less and more. And it really is powerful because what I hear you saying is in response, in virtual settings, try and identify opportunities to say less, maybe more often. You know, it's like you don't have to go on the long diatribe, you know, the 10 minute story. And honestly, everybody's checking out at about minute three. Yep. You need to be thinking about what's my 30 second response to this. So then I can sit back and listen to what people heard me say. And that is saying less, but potentially doing it more often. And that can be a, a principle that if you adopt, can actually help you in the season. And as we come out of the season, I'm pretty confident it would help you in those meeting settings once again as well. Totally agree. So we've got these three principles, stay engaged, establish circles and rhythms, less and more. And Shane, I really want to wrap up asking a question of you. I know this is something you've had a lot of passion about. Uh, A number of years ago, uh, you accepted a challenge to lean in and learn more about listening. And you actually had a listening coach and you shared, I remember meeting with your listening coach and uh, learning from you and reading uh, his book, Dr. Demet. But share a little bit about listening. How does listening come into play as we're trying to stay connected with other people? Well, I'll tell you, it's been really fascinating, especially in the season that we're in, because you have to be really intentional, especially virtually, because of the interruptions and the lag and the, the dynamics that are at play. But some of the principles that he shared with me so many years ago are really helpful currently. And one of them is, uh, the first thing I would tell you, which is true in person or virtually, is just be anchored. Be anchored. Uh, I mean, think about the person on the other end of the sc- on their side of the screen or the other side of the table. And why do you care about this person? Why are they special to you for whatever reason that is, whether it's to get a job done or they're just they're significant to you. But think about them as a person and really anchor yourself in that, that that you should genuinely care. And that's one of the reasons that we talk about staying engaged, because in general, you should care about the people on your team. And I would say if you anchor in that, it will help you be a better listener right from the start. Um, The other thing I think is really important is, again, kind of going back, stay focused. Focus on the conversation. Really try to listen to what they're saying. Um, And then what I always try and do, and one of the biggest things that I learned was to to kind of synthesize and repeat back for somebody what you heard them say. And David, going back to sometimes when I'm listening to somebody tell a story and it's five minutes long, oftentimes I'll ask for a pause in the middle of it not to stop them, but just to say, hey, I just want to make sure I'm tracking with you. This is what I heard you say. And when you do things like that, it can really connect you with the other person because they know that you genuinely care and you want to hear what they're saying. And so by stopping them and saying, hey, can I put you on pause for just saying, I want to make sure I captured what you said. Here's what I heard you say. 
that can be really powerful and a great way to connect with people. So I think there are there is some real value, especially in the season that we're in, to be better, genuine listeners of people. And they will appreciate it. And therefore, your connections will go stronger for sure. And I can attest, if you hang out with Shane for a day, you will hear him ask the question, or he'll, he'll make the statement, let me tell you what I hear you saying, and you'll check back in. And it is a way to affirm uh, the person that has shared. And again, to make sure uh, there's no um, breakdown in communication. And that's just an emotional intelligence skill. I think you've done a great job of developing. You've shared it with us. And I would say to our listeners out there, uh, you know, the best leaders have really strong emotional intelligence. How you connect, how you engage, how you listen, those are big parts of it. Uh, Recognize we're having to do it differently. So I would just challenge you, be really, really intentional about your approach in this day and age when life looks a little different than it did a few months ago. Even as we begin to get back to normal, I think we've all learned how to use new tools, and I think they'll be part of the, our repertoire at that point. So you're still going to learn, need to learn how to use these tools to, to connect. So, David, let me, let me give you the gift of listening. Let me tell you what I heard you say. Do it. Um, you started with the importance of connection and how important this whole entire podcast is like, hey, we're in a season where we want to genuinely connect. We were designed to connect. And therefore, what are some ways we can do this? And here's the journey that you took us on. You said we need to stay engaged. You need to identify your circles and your rhythms. And less and more is a principle to live by. So uh, I just want to say thanks. This is helpful for me. It's a great reminder for me about the importance of connection uh, and thanks for being a wonderful host today. <laughs> oh, can, everybody, can't you see how helpful it would be if you just had Shane in your pocket all the time to pull him out to summarize and repeat back what we just heard? But hey, you do. You have him through the podcast. So right. uh, take a moment it, when, you, when, you're, when you're in a conversation and someone's looking for a resource, tell them about the Executive Minds podcast. We'd, we'd love for them to sort of join the, we the tribe. We enjoy doing this. We really do. It's, it's, real, it's a gift for us as we do as we talk about these things it's a reminder of how powerful it can be for not only ourselves but hopefully for others as well yep i'll say it one more time if you want to engage at a different level check out we are mentor mntr.co we are mentor.co and you'll find opportunities to do that but we are always honored that you spent time with us hope you're taking care of yourself you're thriving and maybe you're thinking about connection and engagement in a different way as a result of our time here today Take care. Thanks for listening to the Executive Minds Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. For more show notes and helpful resources, visit executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co.